Town Hall Academy, episode 87. I would say in my class that it starts at home. Yeah, I mentioned that most of my students' uh, interest drive them toward my classroom. So it, it starts at home. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, Carm Capriato here, and we have a very interesting discussion titled, It Starts in High School. It's not hard to figure out that we're talking about seeding our industry with our future technicians. Hey, welcome to the only weekly forum for aftermarket professionals that gives you influence through the spoken word as we tackle a trending topic each week. You're listening to episode 87, and I assembled this panel at the ASTE show in Cary, North Carolina. We were hanging out with the independent garage owners. With me is James Halderman, James Presley, Shane Hawkins, and an impromptu appearance by Kyle Holt. Hey, I want to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for the support of the Town Hall Academy. Here are important facts about Jasper. They have over 2,000 associates, three manufacturing facilities, two distribution centers, and 45 branch offices all across the country. They're all working to produce, transport, and deliver the perfect product. And that's what they do best at Jasper. Keep customers happy so you can. Have you checked out these two series I'm producing for you, Geek Talk 2.0 and Shop Talk? They are really hot and trending. I'm positive you'll like them. These are roundtable discussions that will power your thinking. Use the podcast to stay engaged with the talk that's on the street. Hey, don't forget that my guests' bios, links to their previous episodes, and their key talking points are found at remarkableresults.biz slash A087. Now, meet James Halderman, ASE Master Technician and author of 18 automotive textbooks, and James Presley, Trade and Industrial Specialist, Career and Technical Education, CTE, with the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction, and Shane Hawkins is with us. He's instructor East Gaston High School in Mount Holly, North Carolina, and an adjunct instructor for Gaston College. Also, Kyle Holt from SB2 stopped by to observe the show, and I had him come on at a perfect time into the discussion. This panel was with me in the same room at the Independent Garage Owners premiere event, ASTE, and it was great to spend a few days with this group of shop owners and industry leaders. Now enjoy, it starts in high school, and warning, you are going to be asked to take action and get involved with education. I hope you say yes to this commitment. We need you. Well, welcome to episode 87. It starts... In high school, man, you know, we talk about this so much on the show, you know, the tech shortage. And so often we continue to talk about where does it really start? And, you know, I'm really on record to say it starts in middle school, guys. But, you know, I'll take I'll take high school. So tell me um, how we, we all talk about this. We all say, yes, yes, yes. We're yes people when it comes to, yeah, we have to get involved. But how should we and how can we get involved? The first thing is is getting involved locally at um, the local high school. Where are the programs in your area? Which schools have the automotive programs? Um, there in, in North Carolina, we have a, a hundred and twenty four automotive programs throughout the state. Getting involved with that school one on one. 
So what do I have to do? Uh, I, I, I literally, maybe I graduated from that school, so I, I get in there and I talk to the principal and say, hey, I'm a grad of 89. I own a shop. I need people. I need technicians. I need highly skilled people. Is that, I mean, do we need to be that bold, that brassy, self-assured? Yes, it's getting, it's going to the school and, and the schools are there to serve the industry and that to, to prepare the students for the industry. So they're there for industry and that, um, and, and all the schools need that input. Um, uh, instructors are in the classroom and, and doing their job, but they need the guidance from industry on what needs to be emphasized, taught, supported, because the, the student is what is the person going into the industry. Um, so we need that input. You know, I, I think it's great input. I, I recall I, I am a board member of our Erie Community College Board, and I have heard so many positive things. When industry talks, you know, the department chair is an important person to know in the automotive program. But above them, where the money happens, where the commitment to the program and the education, is we need to actually talk to the president of the college because he's almost charged, like you said, Jim, with making sure that we're doing the right things for industry. Do, do, do they know how high-tech the automobile has gotten? A lot, a lot don't because that's not their their area. They're there to either run the college or, or the principal of the high school is there to run the the high school. Um, um, it's it's the instructor that needs to know the technical. But leadership in in the schools need to hear from industry what is needed to to support the program. Um, it, it means a lot more coming from industry saying we need this. Instead of coming from the teacher, a lot of times, and unfortunately, it's like that. But industry has a loud voice. They're the ones, the tax base. They're, they're the taxpayers. They're um, well. Are we, if we're there, if we're there to support the teachers, it, it 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 can't stop there. We actually have to support. We have to talk to the next level, way up beyond beyond the principal, right, Jim? Well, I think so. Advisory committee. I think that's what you're referring to, right, Jim? A lot of times the advisory committee has more power than the instructor. They need something in the shop. All they just put it in the minutes of the advisory committee, and usually the money is found. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, um, uh, here's a story, and, and it's an important story. I went to a, a curriculum review for our automotive program in our county, and uh, we got $17,000 a year that not only included <laughs> brake clean, but everything else that they needed. And so I... Because of the advisory committee, right? No. So you know, here's, my, here's my point. So I'm interviewing other people at Vision, and they're telling me about their really rich school with a six-figure you know, uh, stipend to buy equipment, keep, keep uh, their program. And, and I, and I talked. It was, it, it was Matthew. Oh, God, Matthew. I'm sorry. I forgot and he said, well, we live in a very rich uh, community. I don't know if that meant tax base or whatever. And so I heard that. I was jealous. So when I went to this review, uh, who's second in command? Provost? 
Um, but one of the one of the big deans was there, or the, or if, and, and I said, I really want to talk about the investment that you guys make and how many students we get and how much they pay for lab fees. And I said, I really don't know what I'm talking about, but I know we get 17000 and I know there's a lot of other schools that are on the cutting edge of bringing the latest technology and the right equipment. Three weeks later, they got a whole ton of money thrown at at them and, and, and I'm not saying I, I but I started a dialogue for them to stop and think about it so to your point we have to get involved stop being talking heads now from a perspective of an instructor Shane are we talking good language here for, from your perspective well I agree I agree with Jim uh, I believe it starts with a good advisory board okay. uh, I mean we have to meet the needs of the industry and without them, we wouldn't know the, the, their needs. So I think it starts at a good advisory board. Do you go out and visit people, shop owners that are on your advisory board? Yes, sir. I stay in contact with all the shops around, dealers, dealerships and all right. uh, good dealerships, yes, too. Do yes. you ever take your students out on any uh, open house tours? I have. I have not as of yet, but I'm working on it. I have it in the plans for this year. Would that be really important? I think it is for that um, um, that first level student just starting out um, um, taking that first course is is getting out into the field and, and taking a tour of of a, a shop. Um, it's more than just turning wrenches working on cars. I, there's a lot of areas in this industry, um, uh, parts, uh, sales, um, service rider. Um, Finance. There's a job uh, there's, for everybody. A, yeah, job for for everybody. Um, and a, a student who goes through through an automotive curriculum course um, program, they have that knowledge, but they might become a service writer because they 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 like working one on one with with people, and that. Um, Everybody has strengths and weaknesses, and that, and so it's exposing students to that. Um, and I think the other thing that does is it's important for students to figure out what they want to do in in life but it's also just as important figuring out what they don't want to do and sometimes that helps they might go there and say "Ooh, this is not what i expected and 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 that's good too um shane yes sir uh, if you're all looking at you know we're all in the same room so if anybody sees me looking left or right and not straight is because we're all here having one happy family thing we got four cameras though shane where are the students coming from that are in the automotive program at high school are they moved there by a council do they have extreme interest do the parents want them to be there i think it's a mixture um the counselors pl- place the students but uh they get to choose on their enrollment card what they want to take. And uh, that's one of my first things with my students is to to check their interest, is, you know, see their background. And I find a lot of my students come from families that their grandparents and fathers are, are technicians. And they do a lot of uh, go-karts and motorcycles and stuff like that. I find that makes my best students. I find it interesting that you said that there's no interest in DIY. I, I want to I, I want to take this course because I want to fix my own car. You get get any of that? Yes, okay. but I'd say on the average, uh, that's that's low. Okay, that's low. Yes, out of out of the you have seniors. Yes, and 
out of them, how many go to post-secondary automotive tech? I, I don't know the numbers, but they're high. Are you helping high. them as an instructor find the right school to encourage them for the next level? Are guys like Jim or Jim or shop owners coming in and talking to the class and talking about this great career ahead of them? Yes, I, I have uh, instructors from different colleges come out and talk. Uh, Jim and I recently worked on a, an apprenticeship for a student and got him placed um, with the Ford program, right? Yeah, Ford has yeah. that program. A vehicle is more than just transportation. It's what we depend on to move our most precious cargo, our families. As a service professional, you provide routine maintenance for your customer's vehicle, but what do you do if the engine, transmission, or differential fails? Contact Jasper, of course. Jasper provides your customers with a cost-effective alternative to purchasing a different vehicle. Quality, remanufactured products from Jasper Engines and Transmissions carry a nationwide warranty with up to three years, 100,000 miles parts and labor coverage. Get your customers back on the road fast as Jasper offers immediate availability through two distribution centers and a network of 45 branch locations nationwide. If a new vehicle is not in your customer's budget and the engine or transmission in their car, truck, van, or SUV has given its last performance, a remanufactured drivetrain component from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will provide them with many years of trouble-free driving at a cost many times less than that of a new vehicle. For customer satisfaction, choose Jasper. So why are why are automotive programs disappearing from high schools, Jim? They're they're not. I'm actually adding two programs in North Carolina that's uh, this news, year. By the um, way, it's great news. Yes, down. Great yeah, news. yeah, <laughs> and, and that's why here you know in, in, in other states, but in in North Carolina, um, uh, a few years ago, lost a few programs with with the economy and everything else. Um, uh, but it's slowly coming back. Everybody sees the, the value of uh, CTE programs and, and the need for um, technicians uh, in, in the automotive industry. I bet you find hard time finding instructors. We do. Very hard time finding instructors. Extremely hard time finding instructors. Uh, that, that can be, be a big challenge um, and haven't figured out an answer to that one yet. Uh, Teaching is not for everybody, but it's a very rewarding career. Um, uh, let, let me ask you a question about that challenge for instructors. Do they have to have a certification, teaching certification? Yes, that and and that will vary from state to state for the the, the requirements. Um, so each state's unique. Um, um, in North Carolina, with automotive, um, you need to have a high school diploma. Um, but there's also additional classes that you have to take. Um, you kind of get a provisional license at the at the very beginning. There. So I'm a, so I'm a high school grad. I'm in my 40s. I've been working in the industry, and I just would love. All of a sudden, something came over me, and I want to teach. Do I have to have a bachelor's program in North Carolina to do that? No. Nor no. How, how about high school and post secondary? What if I come out of post-secondary with an AAS? Do I have to have a teaching certificate in order to be on that program? It'll vary a little bit. When I was at um, uh, the community college, had to have uh, an associate's degree, um, a two-year associate's okay. degree. The instructor. the instructor did. Okay. And that, um, the, the biggest thing with, with um, 
CTE with the programs is that you have the the technical background kind of a thing. You have to have um, uh, five, six years of, of working on vehicles, of in, in carpentry, in you know building homes. You have to have that technical background because that's what you're teaching. Um, then we bring those uh, um, new teachers in, and and there's there's course some course requirements on on how to teach and education and uh, presentation. It's great to have an instructor here. I hate to put you on the spot. That's <laughs> fine. But uh, but you know when when Jim Presley said, "Hey, I can have an instructor there," I just was all over that. And uh, but but we haven't had an instructor on any of my shows ever we've talked about this so it's really exciting to have you here shane equipment uh, you know if, it, if there was something on your wish list for your students what would it be i'm i'm very fortunate um our director takes care of our programs um like i say i'm gonna go back to the advisory committee uh we build on what they need if they need uh students to do alignments um, I got an alignment rack uh, last year. Uh, tire machines, balancers, scan tools—we we have it all. So I can't I can't really. How many How many uh, students in your program? Uh, depending on the level, uh, the the intro level, I generally get around twenty to twenty five students. Uh, I'm impressed. Uh-huh. I mean, I I learned how to cut wood in shop. Right, I learned how to make rubber stamps in shop. I mean, maybe that's aging me, <laughs> but it w- wow, it was it was amazing how we learned that. But in your school for CTE, is is automotive shop the only program like that, or are there others? There's others. We have uh, electrical trades, uh, nursing, foods. Uh, business and stuff like that and and jim you're telling me that here in north carolina this is more the standard because i know that in a lot of northern schools you know we we hear it all the time cte is going away at high school you you do you do hear it um and but we're lucky in that um another thing with um equipment and tools is is in north carolina the the uh, state board of education requires that all our programs are ase accredited it used to be natef but now kind of ase accreditation um they have minimum requirements to attain that accreditation the the tools tire machines that kind of stuff and that helps um with with funding our programs to be able to teach um and and up in the north we have a, a program's called BOCES where it's a cooperative group of high schools all sound do you do that here is it strictly shop class automotive in your high school You're, are you talking about the CT classes yes. or are they they inside the school or are they in a center oh, they're that, in inside the school they're inside the school so every yes. school has their own program Yes, there there are some career centers, and that where where if the outside schools feed that one career center, um, it varies a little bit. But the the vast majority, um, I would say eighty percent of the of the programs are within that high school. 
I love it. So glad to have uh, Jim Halderman, James Presley, and Shane Hawkins here um, talking about it starts in high school. So let me throw this one other thing. You heard me open up earlier. I said, but I really think it starts in middle school. (laughs) Do you think I'm partly right? I would say in my class that it starts at home. Uh, I mentioned. That's exactly right, by the way. Yeah, I mentioned that most of my students' uh, interest drive them toward my classroom. So it, it starts at home. Okay. And how – home in the north where I live, the, the lawyer, doctor, accountant, programmer, automotive technology. So what do we have to do? You know, you, you're a writer, textbooks – uh, yeah, but I started fixing lawnmower engines, you know, when yeah, you know, but, 14 years old yeah. and bicycles and, you know, that type of thing. But from so, your perspective, what can we do as an industry to get the home talk focused on this high-tech job? I think one of the biggest things is uh, counselors and parents realize that a technician today can make $50,000 a year. Yeah. And, and that just shocks a lot of people, and I'm sure you can yeah. attest to that too, right? Yeah. Now it's flat rate too. That's another total difference. Not by the hour. It's by you have to be productive. Well, and, yeah, and that makes it you have to be efficient, and that's that's good too. And yeah, we've talked so much on the show about you know the investment of tools. That, right. That's a challenge. Right. The the right. image of the industry and some of the pay at the independent side, and that when. Here's a stat that I've heard. Post-secondary, two years later, the churn's almost 40 to 50%, and they're out of the industry. So they're they're not loving some of the things that they were set up to do. So I really do think post-secondary has to do a lot more about career development, not just teach the technology. Does that lend that idea lend itself to things you're working on here in North Carolina? It, it, well, in North Carolina, with the with the middle schools, we're working on um, developing courses um, to f- for in the middle schools to expose the students to these the various CTE careers. Um, Job there's, there's some of them out there, and, and there's already some courses there. Um, but um, specifically with the, the trades and industry, um, um, working on developing courses to because it does start in middle school, um, and it does start at home too, um, and and we need to support the counselors. Um, uh, they're the ones who do have a lot of contact with with students, and they need to help understand the, the career that because they're placing those students in those courses. Um, p- personal experience. I went to uh, um, Guilford Tech, and and I, I love math. I'm not great at it, but I, I like it. And I was going to go into accounting, and I was talking with the the counselor there. And I'm good with my hands, and I always like to work on cars, and that. Um, he, he guided me away from accounting and that and and towards um, the automotive industry and that and that's got, got me here today and that and that was a, a, a college counselor um, and, and so um, you never know but I, I think we need to support the the counselors uh, a, a okay. lot better. How, how do we? How, we're industry. We're talking to industry. How do we do that? Two things. Do you like cars and do you like computers? Think about this. Today's is is is, is more scan tool than than actually bolting nut turning anymore. It's it's reprogramming. It's 
it's understanding how the system works and bi-directional controls and everything else as you're finding out with your scan tools and your students so uh if they like computers and a lot of a lot of people do and then like mechanical things it's, the automotive is a perfect marriage of those two interests so we're kind of being lazy. We know all this technology is coming at us lightning speed. We heard Chris Chesney talk here in the in the roundtable we had just a, just a half hour ago about the scary part of how fast tech and aid is uh, is is coming at us and the respect we need to give it. And and that should that knowledge that passion should turn into a dialogue at that at. at to the principal, to the superintendents, to the counselors. It would be so bold as to Who's going to fix these advanced driver assist systems tomorrow? Yeah, well, you know, all we have, I, th- I think that the opening line is <laughs> listen, you need your car in order to, you know, come here and do your job as superintendent? Yes, I do. You know, uh, did you ever have to have an electrical problem fixed? I mean, we, I, I, think, I think superintendents realize that there's a, you know, career technology education gap, but if we as you said if industry doesn't push it the funds aren't going to be there the commitment's not going to be there is i mean do you really feel that in your heart chain that's that's part of the problem i'm not sure okay um well that's an honest answer i could (laughs) i could see where it 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 would be Uh, so you're really saying to the industry get off your butt and get out there and, and and talk this thing up you said it i'll agree (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's getting involved. It's getting it's, involved. It's getting right. back to getting involved with the school. Um, uh, a great friend of mine, um, um, Tom Richardson with ASE, and that says it's all about relationships. And that, and so it's establishing uh, during the um, the the panel this morning. Um, uh, Jim, one of the panelists, says it's all about relationships. Um, relationships with your employees. And then, you know, relationships with your school. Shane, with his students, he'll claim those. They're, they're your students. They're my students. Kind of yes. thing. Industry should be able to say, this is my school. These are my students in this school. Kind of a thing. Because that's having that relationship. Does that make sense? They need to know what's going on. First of all, they need to know where the schools are. You know, is it in your right. backyard? There's a lot of businesses that don't know what's in. One of the survey, school. one of the, was, I think it was Vision last year. They said, "Do you know your local schools?" Yeah. The shop owners <clears throat> were asked, and they go, "No." Well, just yesterday, I got a text from um, one of my advisory members. How's things going up there? I mean, uh, sorry, I haven't uh, been in touch for a while, but just just checking in. So. This is a relationship. I yes. love that. I love that. I mean, you know, the, the beauty of what you just said is the message is getting out to thousands of people in our industry that many of them are on advisory panels. And what have you done to reach out? I mean, I would say that, you know, ours is a monthly meeting. But in between those, you know, that one day, those next 29 days, are we doing anything? I, I, I have this great wild thought. Get a bunch of independents. Get them together. Go sit down with the uh, department chair. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's high school or if it's post-secondary. And sit down there and say, so what is it that we could do for you? And have the department chair say, huh, what? You need a scan tool? Maybe we're interested in buying it. 
Maybe we'd love to get our name on the outside of that box. Can we have access to your students? Have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought of that? And again, you know, I'm, a, I'm passionate for the independent. Uh, why? Because the dealerships, look at all the OE programs that exist out at, in post-secondary. I mean, they're a progression where you go to the Ford uh, asset program and Ford's gotcha when you're graduated. I mean, that's, that's the connection. The beauty of ASCCA developing that independent degree program out in California is just wild because the independents are going to support that program and the, and, and the students are going to go to the independent uh, group. It doesn't mean that they stay there forever, but they've got they got nabs, if you will, or nibs on on, on those students. Well, another thing uh, getting involved too is I invite my advisory committee into the classroom. Uh, they they come in ever so often, especially when we stay after school to to work on skills USA stuff. They'll come in and and help me and my students. So I'm so glad to hear that. And by getting involved, um, uh, one of the things with the um, programs being accredited is is that that advisory committee is reviewing what's being done, what's what's being taught in the school. Kind of thing is it is it valuable to you and and that's where Shane gets the the input from the local industry on what their needs are. Hey, hit this, but you know go over it quick. This is what I need you to focus on. Um, um, I, I think years back, you know, a teacher has been in the classroom for ten years. Um, when when uh, TPMS uh, the tire pressure monitoring systems came out. Um, you know that's new technology, and, and all our instructors require to take update training, kind of thing. But you know, I, I heard industries saying, you know, they need to learn how to change a tire and not tear up a sensor because that's eighty to a hundred bucks a sensor, kind of thing. So that's where that input from industry is so valuable to what's being taught in the classroom at that time. Well, I think ASE has it right because I now have MLR, yes. and ASE, and MAST levels. These are levels of, of programs. And MLR is maintenance and light repair. So you're teaching in basically in a high school or some other programs the maintenance and light repair on all eight areas, but to the entry-level position. And I, to me, that's excellent. It, it was great when that came out. Um, um, instead of the – Before we were doing brakes and electrical. And right. it, we weren't right. even touching basic servicing yeah. in that. And, and this is transmission where, fluid, or how do you, you know, exactly? And 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 that's a little bit of my challenge nowadays. Is you know, is the technology is going so fast? But you know, seventy percent of, of the work in shops now is basic servicing, and that. And and so my view is, um, in the high schools, is is preparing that student for that servicing, um, and then that's where um, they they get in the industry, they get the job, and then they go into to post secondary, and that's where it really takes off. Um, with with the technology and, and um, specialization, um, but uh, um, the MLR is is yeah has been a great right. I mean, they're still using a scan tool because even entry level, it's amazing how you know 
students can grab a scan tool and they know it's self. It's, they, well, they grew up with they iPhones, grew, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so to them, it's nothing. It didn't, they don't know everything that's going on, but they, you know they can read codes and they can tell the uh, more experienced technician, okay, I have a possible problem here. It's, now, what do I do with Great. Hey, guys, there's some stuff in the chat that I uh, I, I want to bring up. Uh, sure. Barry, Barry, uh, Barry Barrett says we're nailing it. Thank you, Barry. You're always so kind. Um, Keith Perkins says, hey, Carm, remember, uh, in the panel, some of us are working on ATIS cars today and outside the dealership. Absolutely. We know that. And and we totally respect that. Thanks, Keith. Keith is always on with us every week. Thank you for being here. And then... Um, Stacy Diaz says, we struggle here in California. I really want to set up a program in our area. I would love to find a course guide that I can take in and speak with some administrators. Is that a possibility that someone could find that? Get that? Well, in California, I'm, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to California Automotive Teachers. That's CAT conference. Yeah, right. And, and uh, that's twice a year, northern and southern California. This year, it's uh, uh, this fall, it's in uh, Rio Hondo in southern California. And so that's a good place to start meeting or getting in contact with instructors and shop owners at those events. Great. Thank you. A real interesting side note. Uh, we, we really tackled this great. Thank you so much. But... Uh, Jim Halderman's uncle, his name is Gail Halderman, and uh, there is a connection to the podcast here, a very distant one, but something interesting. I just want to share that with you. Uh, I interviewed Giuliano Zaccato, one of the original clay sculptors on the 64 Mustang, and Jim's uncle Gail was one of the original theme designers, the creator uh, of the Mustang. When they built it on the Falcon, your uncle and a bunch of other designers were charged with getting right. us some sketches. Get some sketches for and the next day. And- he, he brought him in, and when I interviewed Giuliano, episode one seventy two, he of course uh, mentions your uncle all through it. And I know he still has the museum. He's still alive. Right. He's in his eighties, Jim. Right. In Dayton, Ohio. In Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, so, and uh, Jimmy Dinsmore and I just wrote his uh, story, and it's a Mustang by Design. Mustang by Design. How available. cool! How cool! And, and you know, when uh, when I when I saw the name Halderman, you know, <laughs> when I w- was introduced to you, I said, "Oh wow, there's just got to be something." I went to your website, and I saw I saw it there. So it took a couple of years to convince him that he he should sit down and let us interview him, and you know, let us. Tell the story. Get the story out. So he did. So, so while I have you here, Jim, um, I got you in the spotlight. We, you were in the in the panel discussion that we had. Yes. And part of it was growing your own. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? We can talk all about the, the shortage. It starts in high school. It starts at the home. It starts in middle school. But while we're waiting for all of us to do this stuff, there's still an awful lot of opportunity to grow our own. What's your perspective on that? Oh, I think we have to grow our own. I mean, you can't steal them anymore. <laughs> you talk to shop owners and they go, well, I just get the guy that's had, you know, 14 jobs in 13 years. I don't want him and he's got a lot of bad habits or, uh, you know, a lot of other issues. So the best way to do it is to grow your own and start. And and the shop owners tell me that, and service managers at dealers say, yeah, but they're going to make mistakes. And I don't, if, I don't know if I can handle that. Well, that's true, but you get a chance to, you know, grow your own with your own uh, uh, the design of your own shop, and and uh, it, it has to happen. It has to happen. Where do, where do we find the techs that are willing to learn? The, the, these young people. Well, I think there's a lot of interest, and they get them into the shop, and they start them on maybe uh, some simple service. 
the the problem is they get disoriented because they're not promoted beyond the loop rack for six months, and so that that's bad. So the, the, the I think their agreement should be uh, more like the ASAP or the CAP program, where you're supposed to be run through the uh, the, the, the the senior techs or the master techs in each area as you grow in the shop. But wouldn't that be great after a couple of years? That you have an apprentice or a beginning technician that's spent a couple of weeks with the, their best technician throughout the whole shop? Wouldn't that be awesome? At the end, they get the best of the best. I, I think it starts with back to the, the field trips. It, it kind of a thing. You, you get the students in there. You get them exposed to the, to the industry. Um, the, the instructor will know who's serious about it out of that class. And, and then the, the students that are interested... Then they go do the job shadowing, go for a, a day or two and, and work with a tech and, and move around the shop even a couple of days, um, work with a tech, work in parts, up in sales. Nice. They might say, thing. oh, man, and, I don't want a heavy line. You know, uh, I'd rather do the electrical or the drivability or the parts. Exactly. It gets their interest. <laughs> and, and so and that's also like a pre-interview for, for the, 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 sh- the shop owner. The student that shows up on time yeah. is interested, kind Every of a day? thing for that. Yes, <laughs> and that, and so, so if the student's on the on the phone all day, kind of a thing, great. He did the the job shadowing. Everything's good. Have a good day. Yeah. But the student that that is truly interested and, and shows up on time, well dressed, pays attention. Now that that shop owner uh, or, or manager can say, hey, now I, let's take this to the next level. And it hasn't cost the shop anything yet. You know, there's there's time involved, which is valuable. But then you do that that pre apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So so the the students go into the job every day, working with a mentor. You know, maybe on the lube rack at the beginning, kind of a thing, because that's the the basics. But then you, you he works with a technician. Um, uh, it's not uh, being a mentor is not for everybody either kind of a thing it takes a special person so so after that pre-apprenticeship then it's going into the the community college post-secondary to to the apprenticeship uh level hey everybody uh kyle holtz in the room with us we've done a great uh podcast with with kyle Uh, i'm not sure if you can see him yeah you can see him in my frame a little bit and uh, you just mentioned mentoring you don't have anything to say about that do you I'm a huge fan of mentoring. I think it's extremely important that we focus on this. And, you know, listening to what you guys were saying, um, you know, Jim, you said, you know, what if we match them up with the best technician in in the shop? And sometimes that's the right mentor. And sometimes it's the absolute worst mentor right. you can put right. them in, in contact right. with, right? Right. And, and you came back, Jim, and you said, uh, let's match them up with um, somebody who wants to be a mentor. Who, who's got the skills, that, those, those soft skills, those interpersonal skills. And, and oftentimes that's the person that makes the best mentor in the shop. But really when it comes right down to it, guys, first of all, I've loved sitting in and listening to you guys talk about this. I feel like I haven't stopped nodding. I'm texting back to my office that, like, oh, my gosh. I, I wish I wish that um, this was that I was recording this, and thank goodness you are. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you do. Um, this need to grow our own. 
this this uh, embodiment of it starts in high school or it starts in middle school or really it truly starts at home without parents behind them without the encouragement you know some of the uh, some of the students we see at skills usa their first mentor was their instructor and maybe the first person i know one person in particular who told me the first person who ever told me i was good at anything was my automotive instructor and that is sad. Period. You're right. I've done an interview with a uh, with a teacher uh, in Atlanta, a top teacher of the year, and he told the story of his own personal self worth came from his shop teacher. His whole life, he wasn't he wasn't anybody. So that's where they put him, and the shop teacher saw something in him, and and he changed his whole life based on what his shop teacher told him. It's a great story. It's a great story. Uh, I think if I can remember the name, I'll tell you all in a minute. You stay right here. Um, so, so Kyle's in the uh, in, in the room with us, and and I just had to bring you in because I just kept hearing the words mentor, and I know you're passionate about about mentoring. To add to the uh, the build your own, yeah. talk to a, a a dealer. Within the past two weeks, they were talking about the struggles they were having getting text to work uh, but they don't have any of my students placed the reason being is because they say because of the insurance on young students so here's what happens and I explained to him what I thought was happening was these students or kids are going out and getting jobs at other places when they're young and then 22 23 years old they come back to these dealerships and they've done been exposed to other habits or or other ways of doing things and it's hard to break those habits i told him i said you're gonna have to start getting these students young training them the way you want them trained and you'll have good techs Hey, I just want to make a, another comment, guys. Keith Perkins came back and he said, "Hey, listen, we're we're uh, we need a, a need for ADIS information." And in fact, it was really interesting what Chris Chesney said in the last, uh, you know, the roundtable that we had out for all, all the attendees here. Um, he, he has a very profound feeling with ADIS, and it just hit him. He said in the last two or three weeks, uh, and it, it's like this: we're, we need to stop talking about it because it's here. And, you know, he's focusing the, the training that they're doing at CTI uh, on, on the kind of information. But he, he made this great point, and his point was, uh, gentlemen, it's not going to be like we used to fix cars and we had the assumed knowledge that this is how you fix it. He says you have to read the technical information if you want to go anywhere with it. So um, that's the commitment. Uh, by the way, Keith Perkins says we just started a high school intern program and we will have a student every day through the school year and summer at least two hours a day we are developing a toolbox for them to use uh, maintain tool control daily shadowing a tech isn't that impressive that's great yeah that's great yeah Uh, so there's a challenge to the industry i think we all need to do this And, and back to the insurance part of it I have a view where there's a will, there's a way kind of a thing. It, it's easy uh, for 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 um, um, shops to say, you know, it, it, insurance isn't going to let us. Um, 
Um, and, and that's generally not true. You know, under 18, students can work in shops. Um, it's but it's a stru- needs to be a structured program where they are working yeah, with a mentor. They're not yet yeah, customers call right. that type of thing. And, and there are some restrictions in that. But um, um, the shops that are doing it, they're getting those those students early, and they are forming them to how they want them. Is that student going to stay there for the the next thirty years? Realistically, probably not. You, jobs, people are moving in jobs. You know, every so many years it's it's but but um starting them out early you're forming that student how you want that and i think as when we were all technicians you remember that first shop that you worked at and it's kind of near and dear to your heart most likely kind of a thing your um, your point is so well taken Many of the leaders of our industry say, I want to help. I know I may not have this person forever, but I want to give this person a great start. The excuse that says, if I train them and they leave, is wrong. And and, and we have to, to, and I loved your point, you always remember your first shop. Well, there's always got to be your first date, your first shop, your first car, your first house. And many people look back and say, I don't have any of that anymore. But I started somewhere, and somebody gave me a shot. Maybe it was the bank that gave me the money. Maybe it was the girl who said yes. You get you get the drift. We have to. And to your point, we have to stop the excuses, because you know when when I heard that, I chuckled because it's just another excuse. It's just another excuse. Hey, uh, thanks for you stay right here because I'm going to give you one of the last words. Thank you. I'm so glad you on the spot. You came in, Kyle. So let's go around the room. Uh, I know we covered an awful lot of areas. Uh, This was an important discussion to have. So glad you were here. Room, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. uh, As James stated, get involved. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice. Cool. Thank you. How about you, James Presley? It, it is get involved. Um, um, you, you know, selfishly, you, you get involved. Shane's going to know the, the students that are excelling in the classroom uh, by having that relationship back and forth and, and supporting their programs. If you sit back and, and not involved with what's going on with the with the programs developing the students that you're going to end up hiring, you have no control kind of thing so so it's get involved not only do you need to be a good leader and run a great business you have to be involved in the educational process today you can't you you, you can't abdicate it to anyone you i can't i can't give it to you i can't give it to you i can't give it to it, it, you you have to be engaged you have to add one more duty to your role as ceo in this industry well also sometimes the ceo doesn't have the, the time the shop owner doesn't have the time but who in that shop wants to get involved? Delegate. Kind of a thing. Delegate it. You know, that tech, you know, the, the tech that, hey, I'll, I'll go help and be on the advisory committee of the school kind of a thing, and I'll bring the information back. So it's not always the, the owner. It might be the, the tech or, or another person in there. Um, it's just getting involved. Great point. Kyle Holt, last word. Uh, yeah, so, Carm, uh, first of all, thanks for bringing me in at the last second. Impromptu. That's right. That's right. Well, we, we, are, we are piloting a mentoring program here, and, and we're trying to help make it something that is more um, systematic for the shops to, uh, to utilize. But I would say 
the, if I was going to uh, leave with one last piece of advice, it's get involved with the students early. Get the students into your shop, just like what we were talking about. That You can bring a student in when they're under the age of 18. You don't have to wait until they're over the age of 18. Let's get them involved early with the right first employer and help them stay in the industry by training them. Thank you, man. Kyle's going to be with me on the Apex panel that we're going to have at Apex. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, career career pathing for technicians. Excited about that. Guess what, James? I'm Palmerman? the last one. You right. have the last well, word. I'm an education guy, so I think that the continuous education. Think about this. It doesn't stop in high school. It continues to go on. Uh, every Look at all the technicians and shop owners that are here They're this week for this training. It's continuous education. So I think the students have to know, the shop owners have to know, and, and shop owners and instructors can get together and say, hey, I'm going here. Will you want to go with me? And and shared that training experience. I think it's a great way of building a bond. Well said. Thank you. All, everyone here, James Halderman, uh, ASE Master Tech, a member of the SA, of, of SAE. God, that's really a cool thing to be involved with SAE, author of 18 automotive textbooks. You've probably uh, maybe read Jim in the past. Uh, books are published by Pearson. James Presley, trade and industrial specialist, career and technical education, the CTE Group, North Carolina Department of Public Instruction here in Raleigh. Shane Hawkins, East Gaston High School in Mount Holly, North Carolina, an adjunct instructor for Gaston College. And our impromptu guest, Kyle Holt from SP2. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.